Today I want to talk about a subject I don't think we can get enough of. How do you stay motivated? I want to really talk a little bit about that. And this is the chapter in my book, it's chapter 33, You Have the Power. But I'm going to kind of cover some guidelines today when we talk about that. You had my, if you haven't listened to the social drinking episode, my a great friend, Marty Hall. I think you'll love that, uh, that episode. But it really gets back into this lifestyle, the lifestyle we try to teach. It's tough for everybody. You know, how do you stay motivated? Some days I'm not that motivated. So do you feel like working out? No, the moon and the stars will never line up perfectly. I can't say that enough. You know, when I'm ready, when I want to, when I feel perfect to do that, it's not going to happen. But you have to understand some of that, the self-talk you have, all the stuff that keeps us going in our world today. But I've talked to people over the years that aspire to have great energy. They want to lose weight, have a better night's sleep, all of the above. Maybe get off their blood pressure medication, whatever it might be. But they aspire to this stuff. But unfortunately, for many, it feels like they're climbing Mount Everest. It's too big of an obstacle along the way. It's too overwhelming. And many believe they don't have the necessary tools or the motivation to get where they want to be. So how do you stay motivated? How do you build habits that last and keep the momentum going? That's the challenge. So that's what I want to think about today is that Along the way, really the good stuff, and again, I talk about this at the end of my book. I talk about it's not planting the flag at the top of the mountain. It's all about the journey and enjoying the journey. So again, I understand sometimes we have to get a little uncomfortable to get where we want to be, but it doesn't have to be that bad, and we're going to talk a little bit about that journey. So I'm going to give you basically seven tips today, seven tips, and the first one is this, zero to one. I can't say this enough. Our whole mantra is small steps to healthy living. So zero to one, what does that mean? It going from nothing to something. And that's where the change really starts to happen. So if you're like, okay, I'm not drinking much water. If you start drinking more water, that is going to be an amazing transformation very quickly for the human body. And then slowly over time, I add another habit, another habit. But going from nothing to something is really amazingly powerful. So that's where people get stuck. I have to do too much. No, go from nothing to something. Okay? That's it. Just put your toe in the water, get going. So here's a couple for you. Under the rest, this is going from zero to one. Breathe through your nose and with your diaphragm for one minute a day. Breathe through the nose, use your diaphragm, slowing it down. Do that for one minute a day. Okay, that's simple, yes. Number two. Could you get an additional 30 minutes of sleep each night? I didn't say an hour, two hours, 30 minutes more. So if you're sleeping five hours, you go to five and a half. I can do that. That's what I want. Could you plan out one to two minute stretch break in the afternoon? The standing up dog, down dog, the wall extension, the half moon, whatever it might be. We have all these plastered everywhere on our website but again, a little stretch. Could you use a foam roller? One of the greatest ways to help with posture and body alignment is laying on a foam roller for one to two minutes. Put it through your, your head to the base of your rear end. You lay on it, bend your knees. Again, lines the body up. One to two minutes, you could be working on your breath. Get a massage. I'm going up to northern Michigan. I get a massage a couple times a month. Could you do that once or twice a month? And last but not least, Maybe you stop using electronics before you go to bed, okay? So maybe the last hour, 
You're not doing much electronics before you go to bed if you're struggling with sleep. And maybe blocking off a morning once a month. One morning a month doing nothing but chilling specifically for you. So those are going from zero to one. Under the eating, simple. Can you drink six to eight ounces of water when you first wake up in the morning? (laughs) Really that simple? Yes. Six to eight ounces, the body's already dehydrated. Your body's already very acidic. Again, we know more acid leads to more inflammation. Get up in the morning, drink six to eight ounces. First thing you do the rest of your life every morning. Could you take one tablespoon of cod liver oil? Again, we believe we have the best cod liver oil in the world. It's organic lemon. It's smooth tasting. It's amazing for brain health, heart health, natural anti-inflammatory, great for your hormones, and it's high in vitamin D3 naturally. Eat an apple three times per week. So many people have digestive issues, gout, the list goes on. One of the greatest pre, pro, and symbiotic nutrients is eating an apple. Okay, I'm I'm talking about apple cider vinegar. We're talking about the gummies. We're talking about eating a real apple. A big salad twice a week. I got to tell you, I don't eat enough salads. I love it when my wife Paula makes salads because, again, I like them, I eat them, I just sometimes don't make them. And could you fast for 12 to 14 hours overnight? These are going from zero to one. Again, I'm giving you lots of options. Doesn't mean you have to do all of them. You just pick one of these. And last but not least on the move, could you walk for five to 10 minutes three times a week? Not a half hour, not 20 minutes, five to 10 minutes. I want you to think about moving your body every single day. Could you do five push-ups a couple times a week with perfect form, scapular retraction, down, pause, could be against the wall, could be modified, Find an activity you enjoy. We need to move the body. We know when we play more, we move more. It's not the benefit of the body. It's what it does for the mind. I call it washes the brain. And last but not least, continue to continue to play and, again, find activities you enjoy. That is the thought process. Don't get stuck in thinking you have to do it all. I want you to think about going from zero to one. So that's the first principle today we're talking about. All right, number two, I love talking about motivation. There's two types of motivation. There's the extrinsic. You might be listening to this podcast, you be watching this podcast, you could be watching a movie, you could be, whatever it might be, there's lots of reading of a certain book, watching a presentation or a speaker. There's lots of ways to get extrinsically motivated. Maybe hire a trainer or a coach of some avenue. These are all ways to keep us all getting motivated. All right, so from there, we need to move into intrinsically motivated. Extrinsic motivated comes from the outside, intrinsically comes from the inside, and that becomes even more powerful. I'm not playing the violin to make money. I'm playing the violin because I love it. I'm not getting on the step mill because it's good for me to help me lose weight. I need to find activities that I enjoy. I can't say that enough. So years ago, when I was the director of fitness at one of the largest health clubs in the Mich- at the Michigan Athletic Club, we had a big, huge training program, 30 trainers. We were crushing it. But I thought we could do better because I realized that when a client wasn't working with a trainer, they weren't coming into the club. And again, that's not good for the client. It's good for the, the trainer, but not good for the, the, the club. So I said to the trainers, here's the deal, gang. We need to get our clients more intrinsically motivated. They love coming to see you, but what are they doing when they're not seeing you? So I really try to get them to explore what the clients love to do. So I had a couple. 
I've told this story many times. I love this story. And this couple, they're in their late 60s. He's in his early 70s. She loves coming to the club. He doesn't like coming to the club. And this became a real rift. They've been married almost 40 some years. And I said to him one day, I sat down with him and said, hey, John, here's the deal. I know you don't love coming to the club. He goes, nope, I don't really like lifting weights. I don't like getting a cardio equipment. My wife loves it. She's always trying to get me over here. I don't like it. Okay, I get it. What do you want to do? I said, what activity would you love to try? And he said, you know what, Chris? And you can't make this up. He's 71 years old at the time. He said, I've never played basketball before. I've seen it. I've touched the basketball, but I've never really played it. I said, would you like to learn how to play basketball? I said, yeah. That's what we did. We learned how to play basketball. We started learning how to dribble, how to shoot a free throw, how to do a layup, how to even do a three-point shot. And then he was all pumped up that he wanted to come to the club to play basketball. And his wife said to me one day, Susan said to me, hey, what'd you do to my husband? I said, I did nothing. I found an activity that he, and now we were doing exercises specifically for him getting better in basketball. Footwork, agility drills, the list goes on. So when you think about motivation, I want you to think about that. What drives you internally? You're doing it because, again, it could be finding your why, whatever, whatever motivates you. But I want you to think about motivation a little bit differently. We all need some extrinsic motivation. We all need it. But we need to slowly move into intrinsic motivation. So when people don't like working out, the first thing I'm going after is what activity, not a workout, what activity you like. If you don't like what you're eating, you're probably not going to do it. So it needs to be a transition. It doesn't need to be all or none. It needs to be a transition. So again, as people start eating cleaner, things start to taste differently. And that's why diets don't work, because it's all or none. It has to be slowly transitioned over time. So again, I want you to think about motivation. And how do you do that? Let's just go through a couple of these things. Connect your values. Match up your aspirations with your values. Finding a why. Remember the feeling. I love talking about remembering the feeling. I don't feel like moving my body today. I just don't feel like it. But then I move my body and I have that self-talk and I always say to myself, I don't feel like it right now. I'm tired. But I know if I move my body, I'm telling my body, my mind, what it's going to feel like. Take action. Sometimes we need to show up even when we don't want to. Again, the moon and the stars can't always be lined up. Say to yourself, have that self-talk. Break tasks down into small steps. Again, everything, you don't learn how to do gymnastics. You learn how to do a cartwheel one at a time. So again, break things down in small tasks. So it's not overwhelming, not climbing Mount Everest. Create a sense of progress. I love talking about that with my clients. In fact, I just did a podcast on strength training, talking about progressions. I give them a, a something simple. They get really good at it, and then they get better at it. So I love seeing a golf instructor, and I love the golf instructors when they talk about, let's just work on this, and let's get better at that. Because golf's hard. A lot of things are tough. So again, break it down. Again, are you progressing? And when you do that, you start building confidence. And that's the number one thing I try to do with all my clients or try to inspire audiences, that I want you to start building confidence because the power is in you. And make it a choice. You're choosing to do something. You don't have to. You're choosing. And that's a big difference. That gets you, you get to choose. You get to choose, okay? Impress yourself. I love talking about that. Impress yourself. Sometimes my son says to me, Dad, you think you're better than you are. Okay, but again, that's kind of fun to sometimes impress yourself. Get a little uncomfortable. 
that's okay to be a little uncomfortable. And last but not least, play to your strengths. Be, be, have this positive self-talk with yourself. All right, so that's a little bit about motivation. The goal is slowly to get more into intrinsic motivation. And again, once you do that, you're doing stuff because you want to, not because you have to. Your diet starts to change. Your rest starts to change. Your movement starts to change. How you think about your lifestyle starts to change. Number three is habits. Not going to spend a lot of time on that, but we talk a lot about that all the time. You have habits. I have habits. Again, when you're trying to change a habit, it all begins with this thing called a cue. So again, if I'm trying to do the cod liver oil, new habit, I have it in the refrigerator. When I open it up, it cues me. Oh, there it is. And then that's my routine. And then the reward is that next time I don't go, I have less inflammation. My knees don't bother me. My hormones are in better shape. I have less this, better this. So again, that's the habit loop. And you think about that over time, but it's all about building habits and you do them one step at a time. So I always ask my clients, how many of you put your right shoe on first today? So I'm asking you, how many of you put your right shoe on first today? Many people have no clue what shoe went on first. But if you look down, you see two shoes. If I look down, and see two shoes. That tells you all already. If you get up in the morning and you're taking a shower, do you wash your left arm first or do you wash your right arm first? I got to tell you, you'll do the same thing every single day. Because if we don't have these habits, again, the conscious mind, these habits begin in the conscious mind, they take energy. So if I have to take a lot of energy, I would be exhausted by noon. How do I wash myself? How do I brush my teeth? How do I put my clothes on? It's automatic pilot. And that's the goal over time, building a lifestyle. You're starting to create these automatic habits. I get up in this morning, I have four training clients. I made a huge bowl of oatmeal on the run. I can do this in my sleep. In fact, sometimes I open the refrigerator. I don't even remember if I made it the night before. There it is. It has cacao nibs. It has frozen dark cherries, a few raisins, thick rolled oats, a few nuts today. has cashew milk, a little cinnamon. Put in the refrigerator the night before. Easy. That is one of my morning habits. Getting up in the morning and doing my wheatgrass and drinking my water and the cod liver and the oatmeal, these are just habits. They didn't start that way. I grew up in beefaroni, spaghettios. In the morning, it was Captain Crunch, alphabets. And again, I think my only fruit back in the day was the crunch berries. So again, that's changed a lot over time. But how do I do it? I did it slowly. When I first started doing flax seeds 35 years ago, then I heard about cod liver oil. And I started doing spirulina corella. Then I heard about wheatgrass. These are all progressions along the way, but these all began with simple habits. So that's what I want you to think about when you're building a habit. Again, make it so simple to begin and just keep repeating it. You know, I tell this story about flossing. And years ago, I'm going, I'm speaking at the National Dental Association. And this, my dental hygienist at the time, she says, hey, I hear you speaking to the National Dental Association. What are you going to talk about? I said, it's interesting you asked that. As I drove in here today, I'm thinking, maybe you could give me some insight what I need to share with people. And she said, why don't you talk about flossing? And I start to smile. She starts to smile. And you know where this is going. I don't floss. And I know it's great for me. Heart disease, the list goes on. Oral hygiene, the list goes on and on. But I'm not in the habit of flossing. She said, I know you don't floss on a regular basis because you can't lie to your dental hygienist about flossing because, again, as soon as you start flossing, you, you're bleeding all over the place. And she said, no, I'm serious. 
Start flossing twice a week. I said, is that enough? She said, you don't floss a great start. So I start flossing twice a week, sometimes three times a week. Sometimes I'm flossing every day. I go to the national conference. I start talking about this opening. And this dentist in the front row said, hey, again, you might have heard this story before, but said, hey, that's not enough. <coughs> Excuse me. Got one? <coughs> so I said to him, I said to him, and he goes, you need to floss every day. I'm like, well, I'm thinking really, I'm proud of myself. I have this positive self-talk. And he said, you need to floss every day. I paused for a second. Energy in the room just evaporated. And I said to him, let me ask you a question. How often do you move your body? And now he didn't know what to do. He looked down at his shoes and he said, I don't, I don't work out regularly. I said, imagine if you went for a walk a couple times a week for 10 minutes. He emails me six months Six weeks later, and he says, I got to tell you, you've inspired me to start moving my body. I move my body regularly. I'm working with a trainer a couple times a month. That's what I'm talking about. So when we're building a habit, make this really simple to start with. And again, it begins with a cue, the routine, and the reward. And it's always the same. All right, so from here, we got to talk about support systems. Now, make this easy. If you're trying to build a habit, you have to create support systems. Now, you heard my good friend Marty Hall talking about social drinking. One of the greatest ways to help see you support your new habits, you got to create a support system. And the first one is your personal support system. So what does that look like? It could be anything. Again, part of your creating this environment, but what keeps you going? We just talked about intrinsic motivation, ex, in, intrinsic, extrinsic motivation. But again, think about your personal support systems. Maybe you need uplifting music. Maybe you need to have a trainer. Maybe you need some kind of coach. Whatever it might be, we need it. We need that personal support. So that's number one. Number two, we get into this thing called social support. So think about that for a second. Around you, do you have that social support? And again, when you think about that, what are you doing? So when you do think, is your current social support network supporting your goals? Yes or no? So again, we are a creature of who we surround ourselves with. So if you don't have that support system around you socially, you need to reach out for it. How do you get that? Again, it could be listen to our podcast regularly. It could be a phone call with us. It could be whatever it might be. We're here to help you, but you need that social support system. You know, one of my close friends, Walt Halloran, he's a uh, oral, he's a, um, a cardiac surgeon in South Bend, Indiana. We we're talking about this one night. And I asked him, I said, um, of all the people you do bypass surgery, he's a heart surgeon, who, how many smoke? He goes, well, a good percentage of them smoke. And I said, when you do bypass surgery on them, major, major surgeries we all know, how many of them quit smoking? And he looked at me in the eye and he goes, you don't understand, do you? I said, what do you mean? He goes, most of them don't quit smoking. I said, why would that be? They just had bypass surgery. He goes, everybody in their social network smokes. Their spouse smokes, their friends, their family members, everybody around them. He asked me, how many people in your circle smoke? I go, I don't really have anybody in my... He goes, that's the point. So when you look at your social network, you got to think about that. Are they supporting what you're targeting? And again, I don't have to be perfect, but you need that. And last but not least is your environment. If I'm trying to drink more water, I got to have it in front of me or I'm going to forget about it. It's in my car. I do it on the way to the gym, wherever I'm at. But again, we need that. If I'm traveling into work, you would never see me coming in here without my cooler of food. That is my environment. 
at home what I'm buying. If I'm buying a bunch of garbage, I'm probably going to eat the garbage. So think about your support systems. It's personal, it's social, and it's environmental. If you're trying to quit drinking diet soda, if you put it up in the attic and you had to climb up and get it, you're probably not going to do it. If you put the water right there in front of you, you're probably going to do it. So again, creating this social, uh, personal, and environmental is huge. All right, so last two. Number six. So again, number one was zero to one. Number two is motivation. Number three is habits. Number four is support systems. Number five, one of my favorites, is this thing called willpower. All right, so what is that all about? I hear this from so many people. Chris, I just don't have the willpower. Were you not in line when willpower was handed out? You have to plug in the phone to recharge it. And it's no different than willpower. How do the Navy SEALs get people to tap out? They take away everything around them. They make them cold. They make them wet. They take away their nutrition. They overtax them. They don't let them sleep. No wonder I have no willpower because, again, I haven't created this support system to help me maintain that. So willpower is like plugging your phone in. It needs to do that. So on a 1 to 10 scale, how strong is your willpower? Because I got to tell you, willpower is a muscle that can be trained. You can get better and better at that. What causes you to lose your willpower? I was talking about this with one of my clients today. If your glucose level drops and you are not prepared, you go. we've all done this, we go grocery shopping hungry, it's not going to work. It's not a great outcome. Those Twinkies look really good. Or those Hostess pies, we were talking about that the other day, they look really good. Again, when we have great sleep, when we have hydration, we're moving our body, our will, we're going to have that resiliency. and that's So we remember you have to plug in the battery and that battery is getting enough rest. Am I hydrating myself? Am I eating better? Whatever I'm doing, we need to understand that because we will all run out of willpower. So I'm going to tell you a quick story. Many years ago on Christmas morning, my wife's Lebanese. She makes these date cookies. They're incredible. And they come out of the oven first thing in the morning, Christmas morning. And they're airy. They smell amazing. And I get up and I say to myself, you know what? I'm going to have a couple date cookies. That was a mistake. I had no I had no nutrition yet. My blood glucose shot to the moon. My insulin came out. It drove it back down. A few more date cookies went up, bent down. I was seesawing all day long. Over the course of Christmas Day, I had 22 date cookies. And everybody was commenting, what's wrong with Mr. Positive today? He's not so positive. I was in a food coma all day. So again, the mistake I make was not eating the date cookies. The mistake I made was eating date cookies on an empty stomach first thing in the morning. So again, we all can run out of willpower. We have to be more aware of it. When your willpower starts to disappear, ask yourself what's causing you to lose your willpower. Okay. Number six, we got to learn how to pivot. Why don't diets work? Ask that question. 95% of diets don't work, $60 billion industry. It's craziness. Nobody would spend that kind of money with that kind of failure rate. Why is that? Because we don't know how to pivot. If you have to have such structure, we have, we have amazing structure here at Ontario Living, but it doesn't need to be rigid. Rigid never works. You need to learn how to pivot. What does that mean? When things don't always work out right, 
You need to be able to pivot along the way. If all ingredients in your food don't quite work out or you're going out to dinner and they don't have what you want on the menu, you can mix and match all the time. That's pivoting. If you want to move your body and you don't, for some reason, have enough time today, you still could do a five-minute walk or maybe a couple stretches. Not exactly what you plan for. Maybe taking a yoga class or a fitness class or whatever it might be, but maybe that's, that's what I want you to think about. We need to learn how to pivot. And again, learning how to pivot is a skill. It takes practice and time, not about being perfect. The more rigid you are with your workouts, the more rigid you are with your nutrition or whatever you are in your lifestyle, it's not going to work probably long term. So again, we need to be fluid. We need to have a flow and we need to learn how to pivot. All right, home stretch here. Momentum. How do you keep the plane in the air? Now think about this for a minute. How do you keep the rock rolling down the hill? It's all about building and maintaining momentum. You talk about in professional sports, you know, here it comes. That train is coming. You can see how these teams are starting to build this momentum. Their confidence builds and the list goes on and on. And here's the definition of momentum. The law of momentum is momentum, which is P, times M, which is mass, or equals mass times velocity. So it's momentum equals mass times velocity. All right, so I had a class when I was in graduate school. You might have heard me talk about Dr. Kwok Ho, and the guy was incredible. Changed my life, got me in this field. And one night we're in class, and he's talking about momentum. Exactly this is what I'm talking about. And the class is struggling with the definition, and it's the science of, of momentum. But he says, gang, you're making this too hard. Think of momentum as flying a 747, all the energies that take off and landing. If you can keep the plane up in the air, it takes hardly any fuel. And that's the thing we talk about all the time at Ontario Living. I don't want you to feel like you can't get out of the seat on the bus. Just don't get off the bus. So again, that's the momentum. And again, we all fall off the wagon here and there. But the goal is if you can kind of keep that momentum going and keep that plane up in the air, we're not going so rigid with my diet, losing all this weight, and then we abandon ship. We're just flowing along the way, and that's that momentum because all the energy is used at takeoff and landing. So as we wrap this up, a couple key points. Big picture. The greatest change occurs when we go from zero to one. So remember, number one is going from zero to one. There's two types of motivation, intrinsic and extrinsic. So we might start with extrinsic, but the goal is to go to slowly go into intrinsic. And then when you think about a habit as a behavior action that starts as a choice. And then over time, it becomes an unconscious pattern or habit. That's why we can't do a lot at once because it takes too much energy. There are three support systems, personal, environmental, and social. So surround yourself. You're trying to build a habit with those support systems. Momentum, keep the rock rolling downhill, and your why has to always be bigger than your butt. Remember that. Your why always has to be bigger than your butt. Here's a couple questions for you. How do you stay motivated? What types of extrinsic and intrinsic motivation work best for you? That's an interesting question. What new habits have you built recently? Or what new habits do you want to build? What causes you to lose your willpower? That's interesting. I always ask myself, what causes me to lose my willpower? Have you plugged in a few support systems? Or are you going to plug in a few more? 
Are you trying new things, making a few mistakes? Remember, making mistakes is essential because that helps you learn how to pivot. So again, make mistakes. It's essential for you to make mistakes. And last but not least, some small steps. Write down what you want and be very specific. So we're starting to build new habits. You're starting to stay motivated. Determine the behavior or behaviors that support your goals. So what is supporting your goals? Add support systems connected to your new habit. We talked about that. Write down the last time your willpower was weak and when it was strong. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. As I mentioned, it's essential. Learning how to pivot is imperative for your success. And as yourself, we talked about it. Surround yourself with ways to stay intrinsically motivated. And last but not least, remember, take a few minutes to dive into your why or your whys. Because again, as your why always has to be bigger than your butt. So again, thanks for spending the time with me today. I wish everybody health and happiness, and we'll see you next time.